go. Hey everybody, and welcome to an all new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. I'm Andy. Sitting across the table from me is Jenny. Hello. And 111 miles to our southwest is Megan. Hey. I don't know hey. why we're all so perky right now. Hey, yeah, Megan. Megan. Megan, what's up? Um, I feel like you guys already did the pop of the week off mic. <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't even have anything to pop. Mm. <laughs> so, Just Megan. Water. No, I'm, I'll tell what we popped earlier. Don't oh. deny me my pop. All right. Jenny, let's start with the way we start every week, the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. Yes, we popped in the past tense already today a glory for our Vista Brute. Mm-hmm. Wait, I missed out on a Vista Brute? Yeah, I drank the whole Vista Brute. You drank myself. an entire Vista Brute without me? Yep. Didn't even tell you. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not. Uh-oh, I Andy, think we're getting an insight on a relationship over, here. Over 12 hours this weekend. I understand that. I deserved a Vista Brute to myself. Okay, I don't want to hear about it anymore then. <laughs> How dare you? I worked a full day yesterday. And you drank and a Vista Brute by yourself. I had to work three hours today. Yeah. And I had, not only did I have to work, I had to like fucking touch a thousand cell formulas. It was the most boring fucking work I've ever done. And For you reference, pissed that I drank a Vista brew. No. For reference, it's we- a weekend. We're recording on a weekend, and the reason these these two are so spicy today is, uh, <laughs> I'm assuming the Browns game that happened earlier. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they beat the they beat the Bengals. Was that Three today? Points. Yeah, oh damn! They're there now. They 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 swept the Bengals for the season, Megan. That's upsetting Bengals. to oh, yeah, me. I'm sure, I'm sure you really care. <laughs> hey, I'm a Bengals fan all the way. Jenny yeah, was a you, Bengals fan when she lived down here in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, you seem really really dedicated to the you know, Bengals cause now, Megan. I think really what I was a fan of was all of the surprise Palmers that were on the Bengals. Okay. Okay. And listeners, what a surprise Palmer is. So when you have brown hair on top, but your beard grows in is orange, like John Moxley. There you go. Apparently, it's everyone true. in Ohio has a surprise Palmer. Andy has a surprise Palmer. It's true. Yeah. Birthplace of them. Yes. Megan. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. We yeah. also drank a budget Bordeaux. <laughs> budget Bordeaux. Yeah. A BB. Mm-hmm. Yeah. BB. I enjoyed it. No, and you I, can ask Megan what she And I drank drink. a bunch of, like, Ryan Guy's Cheetos. You did. I buy, and, I, and who who added those to the Kroger order? And who fucking Kroger shopper actually went down the beer aisle to get you your beer while they did not go down the cheese aisle to get my cheese plate? I, I guess ours? Yeah. And I blame them in part for this behavior from you right now. <laughs> you should. Because I drank that Vista Brut so hard because of that cheese fiasco. <laughs> You mourned the lack of cheese by getting drunk on an empty stomach. I did. Okay. What do you? What do you? What have you got for us this week? <laughs> I, I've got a Shandon, which Ooh. I'm going to approach stone sober because, um, <laughs> as you said, like I don't have apparently any football spirit th- this year, uh, so I have not been drinking for four hours prior. Wait. So you didn't here have we go. Any, you didn't have any like uh, you didn't have any uh, 
mimosas this morning at breakfast with your parents? No, no. Uh, I had cinnamon rolls, and oh, those were good. Were those real and... cinnamon rolls, or were they Pillsbury Grand cinnamon rolls? Either are okay. Pillsbury Grands. We nice. didn't go to like Cinnabon in the mall during this pandemic, but well, some people <laughs> make like homemade cinnamon rolls. Oh, Jenny, that's I've a never lot of made effort. homemade cinnamon rolls. That's a lot of effort. So no, we just had the Grands ones, and they were they were delicious. But you know that was sugary enough for me. I didn't need mimosas, and then. Um, and then I came home and I did some housework. So, can't be drunk for that. Don't want to, you know, get cleaning solution all over the place. Um, harder to be. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm going to open my Shandon and try to catch up to you two, but even a bottle and I doubt I'm going to get there by the end of this pot. So, here we go. Ooh. Yeah, thank you. Open that myself. All right. So, please check out the at the Elite Bead Pod on Instagram for uh, all Jenny's fine work on that account. And uh, let's just head into our, our weekly stuff. Megan, uh, I did watch Being the Elite this week. Okay, I did too. But I'm, I'm starting to feel the way about Being the Elite that I feel about Dark Dark. There's too many matches and it's too long. This week's this week's being the elite was 34 minutes and 25 seconds. Damn. I definitely thought there was some fat they could have trimmed. Yeah. So I'm kind of I'm kind of of a mind where I'm not. I just don't really want to cover it when it's that long. So if you have anything you want to say about it, like go right ahead. But I'm just kind of like I'm just kind of like I watched it, but I'm I'm not really like engaged in it because it's just. It just goes on too long. Um, I don't this have anything. This was the longest like... since uh, BTE two hundred, by the way. Yeah, I, it's creeping up. It, if it hits forty minutes, I'm gonna have to break it into two viewings because this used to be my little like AEW nugget for the beginning of the week. Mm-hmm. But it's it's going on from like a snack to a full meal here, and I I just can't. Um, not not all at once anyway. But I I wrote four bullet points. And none of them are helpful. Uh, <laughs> first one. Is Matt wearing a Shawn Michaels cross earring? The answer to that is yes. Okay. <laughs> it was so gaudy, I figured it had to be. <laughs> so I guess that's kind of indicating where this is going. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then second thing that's not important. I liked Matt's skull and rose tank top that he was wearing. His what tank top? His skull and rose. I felt like it was a good Halloween-y kind of feel. See, again, I'm not helping. None of the listeners (laughs) are taking this as, like, a good recap. Uh, Third bullet point, Chris Statlander is around, so I hope that means she's healing and is going to get back in the ring soon. Is her one leg getting back to the same size as her other leg? She was walking on just legs. Oh. Yeah. In this segment, so. That's good, because she showed on Instagram, like, after the cast came off of her left leg. Was it tiny? It was like a little kid, like just bone <laughs> leg. Like there was no muscle. Like it was like a third of the size of her other leg. It was terrifying. Your muscles atrophy if you don't use them. Yeah, that's a real thing. Well, she, as Andy said, she did walk around. She still has like a big brace on it, but I thought it was good that they were showing her on BTE because I feel like that means maybe 
she's there to do more stuff and will be getting back to it sooner rather than later. So, fingers crossed. Was she still acting like an alien? No. John Silver accused her of being an alien and started making fun of her, and then she tried to hit him with her crutch. Okay. He called her Chris Hartlander. Oh, that's dumb. (laughs) He's a little muscle pervert. That's the kind of jokes he makes. Uh, the fourth and final bullet I wrote down was when Kaz was denied entry to private party's party. He yelled, fuck your party. I'm going to a public party. (laughs) (laughs) Now, there was something about that because I did enjoy when Cody, um, went into the party and looked at the camera and said, Nick, don't cut me out of this. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so... Cody was in BTE this week? Cody, Cody did make a, a brief appearance on BTE. It actually wasn't that brief. He was on for the rest of the segment just dancing around in the background. Yeah, he was having a hell of a time. Yeah. Can Cody dance? I mean, this is the kind of dance when like everybody's pressed up against each other and you're just jumping up and down, and you know? It's like a big group of people just jumping synchronously yeah. with lights flashing and stuff. Yeah, pretty much. I didn't write down anything else. They tried to add depth to the to the Young Bucks, like, kind of quasi-heel turn, and my feeling on it is, if you're not going to do it on Dynamite, then don't bother doing it. Yeah. True. I agree. Yeah, so, anyway, yeah. That's 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 my, like, overall feeling, because I think that was, like, the main thing. Although we did we did have the, the, Dyna- the uh, BTE debut of Tony Khan, as he um, oversaw a press conference for Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon as they set up their third and hopefully final singles match oh God. to determine. It was kind of funny, though, because he was, he, was, he was angry. He was like, in the history of Dynamite, we've never had a match end in disqualification. We've never had a match end in countout. And in your two matches on Dark, you've done both. So this time around, we're going to have a, you know, like a match with no DQs and no countouts. So there must be a winner. I mean, the Jericho Jungle Boy match ended in count out. It did not. It ended in a 10 minute draw. Oh, draws. That's right. This didn't yeah. end in the count out. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. So that was fun. I, so I, I, I'm actually kind of thinking I will probably watch at least that match on Dark this week. Because it sounds like there's actually going to be a finish. Okay. Who do you think's going to win? I would think Color. Just because he's the baby face. I would hope. I would hope. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> right. Drunk Jenny weighing in. Megan. Fuck this match. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to tell us about uh, AEW Dynamite for October twenty first, two thousand twenty? Uh, I would love to. Thank you. It's a big tournament episode. Big tournaments happening. Uh, okay, so like the first match is a tournament match it's the first round aew world title eliminator tournament match with wardlow and jungle boy wardlow gets the win after two f10s in a row um but jungle boy puts up a good fight i don't think they made jungle boy look bad but as you know i called this match happening this way so i was happy sad about it yeah uh you you and i picked this Result and uh, Jenny unfortunately picked Jungle Boy to to, to be victorious. <laughs> so uh, it was a good start for us on our bracket. 
I thought the match was really good. I like I like that they let Wardlow just kind of do what he can do instead of having to just do muscle man stuff. Like they, they let him they let him be like agile, you know, where he can be. I should yeah. have picked with my heart. It never works out well. Not if you wanted the champagne. Damn it. Yeah. <sighs> well that's So does that mean I've lost the whole thing? I don't think necessarily, but we'll 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 see as we go along. Yeah, because we're going to get through the whole first round on yeah. this show, so we'll we'll have a better idea of where the brackets are by the end. Um, Guys, I gotta say, this was the first time I enjoyed watching Dynamite in months and months and months. Well, good. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a positive. Yeah. Yeah. I won't be a heel on this episode. <laughs> good. All right. Great. We'll see. You already had some snark at the top. Whoa! <laughs> it's okay. You're allowed. Somebody's got to be a heel. <laughs> um, also, trivia that I, if I heard it, it immediately left my head until this show. The War Dog is from Cleveland, Ohio. I knew that because, um, well, actually, maybe I didn't know he was from Cleveland. I knew that he was an AIW uh, regular before you know, AEW started. Mm. They may have, they probably have said it repeatedly on Dark when he's yeah. shown up, but I don't watch that show anymore. So. Sure. <laughs> how am I to know? Yeah, how would you? All right. Well, that was the first match. From there, we're going to get a couple promos, video promos. Um, we got a clip of last week's show after it ended or went off air. Apparently, Eddie Kingston just kept talking and talking as he is wont to do. <laughs> he, he continues on his rant of John Moxley selling out and being real bitter that Moxley left him behind, which I think is kind of like the actual reason. Sold out, maybe, but somebody's sad he didn't get to come. Yeah, that's uh, Yeah, so Eddie says he's going to make Moxley pay for leaving me, him behind. They are going to have an I Quit match for full gear and he says he's never gonna quit and he's gonna make moxley quit wrestling in fact so we'll see guys i kind of like this feud i think this feud's great i like the feud i can't believe here's here's the thing that's unbelievable to me they did a match between the two where john moxley won clean by choking this guy the fuck out and then like a month later, they've got me even more excited about a rematch. Is it because, I don't know if you heard, but he didn't tap? That's part of it. <laughs> That's part of it, Megan. And the other part is that like they're both like talking so great about this match that I, I can't wait to see it again. They are very good promos, and I think that's that's what's keeping me interested, because... I just, I don't care for Eddie Kingston as a wrestler. He can talk, I guess. He's a good talker. He is. And he's when he's running... He's a shirt wearer. Yeah. <laughs> he wears the good shirts. Uh, but when he's, like, running his family business with the Lucha Bros and the Butcher and the Blade, that's cool with me. I, I like him in that role. I don't care to see him wrestle. I just don't care about him in that format, honestly. Maybe I'll come around. Um, but I can't let Dave down, our friend... I have to continue to be on his team hating Eddie Kingston because Andy Boo. has lost his way. Boo. Whatever. Whatever. 
after Eddie's promo, though, well, that clip, we get a John Moxley promo addressing it, and he said that he was very happy when Eddie got signed to AEW because nobody knows him better than John does. They were good friends. But this Eddie that's been around in AEW that thinks he's owed something um, doesn't recognize this guy, doesn't like this guy. And Moxley said he's not going to apologize for living his best life, getting that money, using it to help his family. And... Buy his mother a house. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty nice thing to do. I don't think you can really insult a guy for doing that. Yeah, he didn't mention his grandmother, though. Did his grandmother not get a house? Well, I don't think he ever, like, said that he had a living grandmother. He just wanted you to call your grandmother. <laughs> yeah. In these pandemic times, call your grandmother. I didn't. We talk to your grandma every month on Skype. Or on Zoom, whatever it is. <laughs> she didn't call her that night that she watched Dynamite. <laughs> but anyway, Moxley says he's embarrassed for Eddie and his whining about how he never tapped out. I mean, that's and fair. It is, because we were, I, I feel like that's pretty reasonable. And this is also why... Moxley has requested an I quit match because when he loses, he when Eddie loses, he wants him to verbalize his loss for everyone to hear. There's no, like, excuses to be made after this one. And he said that the reason that Eddie didn't tap in their last match is because he was too busy blowing snot bubbles going unconscious. <laughs> yep. Not tapping, but going unconscious is still a loss. I'm yeah. sorry, yeah. Eddie. Them's the rules. Them's the rules. Even in an MMA match, yeah, you would have lost. Be called a technical submission. Heck yeah, that still goes in the W category for the other person. Mm -hmm. The L category for you. Exactly. Is it Jake Hager has never lost in MMA, Jenny? Right. No, he's fighting. He's fighting next weekend, I think. Wow, on Fight Island. No, he's in Bellator, so he's uh, he's not uh, privy to Fight Island. Empathy wishes he was on Fight Island. Maybe they'd probably make him fight like good fighters, though. Oh, so. he needs Bellator where it's a little wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like sometimes in MMA they uh, they pair things. Uh, in not in UFC. In UFC. No. That I feel like that. Um, Jenny. There's been two instances. Jenny. With the girl, the the little girl that they were trying to make Rhonda, who clearly wasn't Rhonda. Paige Van Zandt? Yeah. They gave her a light schedule until she just couldn't even, like... Well, they, beat, they beat her out of the company. Right. Now she's doing bare-knuckle boxing. Oh, Jesus. Um, no, I was going to say, that like... That's terrible. If they, if they really wanted to, like, protect people, they would have thrown CM Punk somebody he could beat. Yeah, but they didn't care about CM Punk. I mean, he drew a lot of buys the first time. Yeah, they probably should have because yeah. that's a sight, you know? My point is, if Bellator had signed CM Punk, he would be 8-0 against nobody, anybody had ever heard of. <laughs> and, but he would be like, he would be a really big star. Yep. There's another guy in the UFC that got a light schedule. Are you talking about the great, um, oh, why can't I think of his name? The blo the, the Goku-looking kid. Right. Um, the, um, Zach, <laughs> oh, Zach from yeah. uh, Saved by the Bell kid. What's that kid's name? They were trying to make Paige and him happen. Oh, why can't I think of his name? Megan, what's that kid's name? You know that it's kid. It's something crazy like Chase or like 
He's from Texas. Yeah. Course. Yeah. Riley. I don't know. I'm trying to think of stupid boy names. Sorry, anyone <laughs> there. <laughs> Riley's fine. Riley's a fine name. I'm so sorry to any Riley's listening. Sorry, Riley's. <clears throat> I can't think of that kid's name, but I was like, I was like all in on that kid for a while. He called Dana White Mr. White all the time. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty yeah. cute. I can't yeah. Think of his name. It's just driving me crazy. It's hard to Google like Goku looking fighter. Because yeah. yeah. I think Goku just shows up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, yeah, so. All right. Sage Northcutt. Ah, there you go. There you go. Tell me I wasn't wrong. Come on. <laughs> When you Google Zach Saved by the Bell because you can't remember Morris as his last name, uh-huh. you get a significant other Kelly Kapowski. Nice. <laughs> nice. Obviously. Oh, Such little sage. to Tori the biker chick. Yeah, they were a whole thing. All right. I'm going to wrap it back around to this this current TV show and not that old TV show. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, the next match up is another first round tournament match. This one is between Sunny Kiss and Kenny Omega, but it was originally scheduled to be Joey Janela and Kenny Omega. Okay, let me before you begin, like continue. Um, do you think that when it was Joey Janela versus Kenny Omega, it was going to be the same? It was going to be Smash Em. The same thing, or do you think that they took advantage of like the short notice replacement to? I think it was going to be a smash em no matter what. Uh, I was, yeah, I was thinking about that because they're clearly doing something story-wise with this, so I think yes. I think, though, it sucks for both Joey and Sonny to be in that position because I, I do think they deserve better. I think it sucks less for Sonny because at least you could say that he was a short notice replacement. Yeah, Sonny was trying to save face on Instagram this week with like, I didn't know I was going to fight him until an hour beforehand. Wasn't my best showing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like normally you use somebody who isn't one of your stars to be in that position. But I also get like you can't just put a jobber in the tournament. Right. So. It would be suspicious if. Shoddy Lee Johnson was, was the first round <laughs> opponent for Kenny Omega in this tournament. True. Well, maybe they're going to have Kenny do something shady to get the smash him win. Maybe. In the jo- in the original Joey Janela, but this time he didn't have to do anything like that. Right, because because as we know, AEW exercised an abundance of caution. An abundance of caution? It was not an abundance of caution. If Joey Janela was exposed to someone who had tested positive for COVID-19 was an appropriate amount of caution that they took by pulling him. An appropriate amount. Not in abundance. The way they said it, he took the the caution himself. He took himself out of the show. That's bullshit too because your company should be proud that they are standing up and doing the right thing. If he was exposed to someone with COVID-19, he should be away from the company for two weeks and be tested during that time frame. And if he is tested positive, he should be away for two weeks after a false, after a negative result. 
an appropriate amount of caution that your company should stand for. Listeners know that it wouldn't be an episode of the Elite Beat if they weren't ranting about COVID-19 restrictions. (laughs) But you're right. And I'm glad Joey took himself out of it, but it just, I felt bad for Sonny because it was like, look at this big opportunity he's getting. And then two moves Kenny Omega does to destroy him. Kenny does the V-trigger followed up by a one-winged angel. Sonny has no defense and Kenny, Kenny gets the win. But not before he got, like, one of the great entrances in the history of AEW. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's like, can we talk about how many singles accomplishments he has? Justin Roberts. Just to highlight, he's a singles wrestler. One was in North Carolina. One was in (laughs) North Carolina. That's right. He once wrestled in North Carolina. Well, that's an accomplishment. And... His backpack going through the streets of Tokyo's back. Love it. Have been waiting for that entrance to come back after it was announced on the BBs as the best entrance right. of 2019. Uh, it felt like a real slap in the face when he took it away after we gave him a BD award. I think he's got a like good like inside track at regaining it if he keeps it up. Yeah. yeah. And Kiko was out there. Love Kiko. Yeah. yeah. They she made was... a lot of use of Jacksonville Jaguar cheerleaders this week. They did. It was great. Um, <laughs> I, d- I just want to say he broke Meltzer's five-star scale seven times. Okay. Six. Is it seven? Seven. And uh, he's so fluent in Japanese that he sometimes translates for Michael Nakazawa. <laughs> and he once won. Maybe he didn't even win. Once wrestled in North Carolina. He once, yeah, he once wrestled in North Carolina. I mean, I'd hope he'd win if he's mentioning that one, but sure. There and, they was... had this, and they had this, like, entrance where he was, they had, like, you know how they have the two entrances at the top? They have, like, one for the heels and one for the baby faces. So he <laughs> was at the baby face entrance. Oh, I didn't actually know that. Oh, really? <laughs> all the baby faces come out the right side and all the faces yeah. come out the left? <clears throat> yeah. I didn't know that. Unless, except for Cody, who comes out the middle. <laughs> but um, He's layered. Yeah. I didn't know this, guys. No, it's true, yeah. Um, but, so, they had, like, they had, they had some kind of, like, cloth over the, over the entrance tunnel on the right side. And it was transparent, so you could see Kenny's sh- like shadow the whole time he was standing there. And then it just like it just like whipped out of nowhere, and it was like, and he was exposed. It was just like such a. Gr- it was like while Justin Roberts was giving the entrance, it was but, really good. But his cheerleaders were on the left hand side. His cheerleaders were on the left hand side. I don't think that indicates that they're heels. I think that's just where there was room to stand. Okay. Yeah. They didn't want to get in his light. Yeah, I thought it was strange that they didn't come out on the same side as Kenny. Yeah, but I I thought this this entrance was like unbelievable yeah i mean kenny way to come back to your fans yeah yeah i i too noticed the like the pulling away of the fabric and having it like i don't know get sucked into nowhere just a clean opening and i was like you know what that's way better because i kind of thought it was like a tissue paper sort of deal and i'm like he's gonna crash through that like some high school band and that's kind of (laughs) corny so I, i appreciated the extra level of effort on their their part at WrestleMania 13, Stone Cold Steve Austin, they had like, they had a uh, a glass panel that read Austin 316, and when his, you know, you know, Megan, how his when his music hits, it's like the sound of glass shattering at the beginning. Yeah. So like, 
the glass panel just like crumbled. Oh, cool! Like, as the music, it was that was that was the best. That was the best ever. There's no what? There's no tank. I mean, it wasn't a tank, but it was like it was like you know, 1997 WWF was a little different than 2015 WWF. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like a cool visual. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that match was very quick, and I just I felt a little bad for Sonny, but. Kenny's in the mix now. He's moving up in the brackets. And also, after Kenny beat Sonny, he he took a bit of uh, a beat to be kind of a douchey-looking, smug smug guy. He got yeah. that cleaner energy. It was like he was trying to be, like, a, um, a good sportsman, but at, like, a level that was a uh, heel. Yeah, like, uh, I will help you up, but also, like, I destroyed you, and right. it was my and I'll heart. hold up your hand and point to you like you're great, but I just killed you with two moves. Yeah. Yeah. So. I Kenny's... like this Kenny. Cleaner Kenny is gonna get here soon. I I, mean, I the, suspect the, the cheerleaders had brooms. It seemed to me that yeah. the cleaner was already here. Oh, I thought they were just trying to keep the stage clean for him. <laughs> 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 I wish someone, some cheerleader would come and clean our house. Okay. I bet there's a service you can use for that specific request. Amy's looking at me like that was inappropriate. Please cut that if that was. <laughs> <laughs> DJ doesn't understand. She doesn't have to. I'm going to move on so that that stays in. Um... <laughs> After the match, we go backstage for an interview with Tony talking to Orange Cassidy, and he's asking him about his thoughts on his last match with Cody, and Orange kind of shrugs and is like, sometimes things go your way, sometimes they don't, and Tony's like, okay, well, what do you think about next week? And Orange says, we'll be in Cincinnati. Nope, and, he said, on to Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, on to Cincinnati. And, because, uh, because, Megan... This was a specific reference to the 2014 post-game interview that Bill Belichick gave after a 41-14 Patriots loss to the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football, oh. where the Patriots were at that point 2-2, two and two, and he was just pissed off and not wanting to talk to the press. So every single question, which was five, five questions in a row that the press asked him, he responded on to Cincinnati because they were playing the Bengals the next Sunday. And they probably killed the Bengals the next Sunday. They probably did. But he would not answer any questions about the game. He just kept saying, on to Cincinnati. Okay, I definitely didn't get that reference. I just thought Orange was being Orange. That's a strange and specific reference to give. I guess so, but it's like, he's, you know, like, he's not adversarial, but he's an aloof guy. So it's kind of like an aloof guy answer to give. Huh. I don't think that Bill Belichick is an aloof guy. No, I'm I do. Bill Belichick's adversarial. Mm. Yeah. I think he thinks he's better than everyone. Oh, Bill Belichick thinks he is better than everyone. I agree. And uh, while we're talking about Bill Je- Belichick, Jenny, can I just say I hate his fucking sweatshirt, Moo Moo? Fucking Moo Moo! I was gonna say the same goddamn thing, Megan. I hate <laughs> Thank <his> you. Moo Moo. <laughs> It looks like such, like, you have to go out of your way to look like that yeah. bad. 
Yeah, agreed, agreed. <laughs> I, I hate Bill Belichick so much. He's such an angry guy, and he thinks he's so much better than everyone, and he wears a goddamn muumuu, and he made that muumuu. Like, he made effort to make that fucking terrible muumuu. I hate him. Yeah, and then in hot places, like, they have to travel to, he wears his little t-shirt under it, and it's like, maybe don't wear a sweatshirt, Bill. Right. Maybe you're in Florida. <laughs> right. <laughs> This has been like fucking personal air conditioner right next to him, so he can still wear that goddamn muumu. This has been the Belichick hate hour. <laughs> I hate him so much. Well, I don't know if Orange is a fan or not, but it, it's good to have some background on that quote. So, I thought it for... had something to do with Moxley. Uh, I mean that would have been a good guess. I feel like Cincinnati always gets used as, like, like on The Good Place, when she says she deserves a medium place, a place like Cincinnati. Yeah. I think we always get thrown into that role of mediocre, nothing to write home about, throw in the word Cincinnati. But then you have Cleveland, which is a much worse place than Cincinnati, and Liz Lemon being like, I'm a fucking supermodel in Cleveland, this is the best place in the world. Well, wouldn't you think the best place in the world was somewhere where people were like, are you a supermodel? Yeah, but I feel like they could have used Cincinnati in that instance instead of Cleveland. Yeah, but I also think that was a burn to Cleveland, so I'll take it. <laughs> anyway, nobody's going to Cincinnati next week except me, because I live here. Uh, so, Orange, when he gives that response, Tony just looks like kind of confused, and also he's done with trying to get answers, so he leaves, and then Orange starts casing the giant AEW TV behind him. He starts, like, testing how well it's stuck to the wall. Yeah. I think he's gonna steal that TV. Orange should steal that TV. Our neighbor got a new TV. And Are you gonna steal it? Well, no, she left the goddamn box out for two weeks now <laughs> on her back porch. And I have always been taught that if you get a large appliance like that, you, in the middle of the night, throw away that box so that no robbers <laughs> will case your house. And this person had the other... It's still goddamn out there. It's still out there. Jenny, it's a 40-inch Insignia TV. Nobody <laughs> wants it. Wow, sorry. We're insulting a lot of people on this show inadvertently. Like, sorry to Riley's, to Sage's, you you powerhouses out there. Um, also, people who own Insignia TVs, no matter the size. Uh, I have Insignia 40-inch TV, and I love it. But she would have whisked that box away at midnight when I nobody did. could see her. I did she... when I bought that TV. <laughs> what? Okay. Jenny, I want to temper what you've learned with, like, I've also heard this, but I'm going to apply some looseness to it in that I've heard, like, after Christmas or holidays or, like, when you get a big appliance, maybe don't toss it off, like, the box right there on the street. Of course but... not. Dangerous. Right away, but you could just do it later. Also, just break it down and smush it up. And well, no, even if you do it later, they still know that lives at your house. So you do it the middle of the night. Yeah. That's it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Period. You, you looked like you were gonna say more. Hi, we're from the Midwest, um, where our parents are all very paranoid about stupid things. Uh, when I go in parking lots, I carry keys between my fingers as if that's going to stop somebody from, like, stabbing me with a knife. But I do it because that's what I was told by my mother, who had good 
meaning instructions for me. Um, I just, you know, I feel like sometimes Midwesterners have weird family logic that gets passed down, and um, anyone outside of there listening right now is probably like, what the fuck are these people doing? Hey, you know what, though, Megan? Like, if, like, if the person doesn't have a knife, if they're just, like, bare hand robbing you because they think you're, like, weak or, like, a target... And you have because I'm carrying, and you have you know what? Your knuckles, you can fuck them up. <laughs> you know why they would think I'm weak and a target? Because at midnight, I'd be carrying around my 40 inch insignia TV box trying to find a fucking recycling center that was open. Well, <laughs> because I was told not to throw it out during the day. <laughs> well, in the winter, you can do that shit at 6 p.m. You, don't <laughs> you have to sneak out with it wrapped in a sheet because if somebody sees you leaving your doorway, they're going to make a mental note and they're going to be like, there's not a box out on the curb, but I am coming back. Because I, I know that there's a TV in there. <laughs> Also, you have windows. <laughs> yeah, but you never let them open at at night when people can see in. Okay. 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 I think we've learned a lot today. <laughs> a lot about personal habits. Um, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas is coming up. Christmas is coming up, and it's important that people hear this. It's true. So, in response to Orange, Dasha gets to interview Cody about the same subject matter. And she catches Cody when he's rolling up in his limo. Arn gets out first. These two ride in style, clearly. And Dasha asks the same thing, like, what are your thoughts on the rematch with Orange? And Cody says, you know what, I'm not surprised that AEW wants it, but I am surprised at how quickly they've made it happen. And he's, like, suspicious about it. So... I don't know. That's a mindset he can have, I guess. But then Dasha goes on to mention Cody put on 14 pounds of muscle coming back. Uh, and yeah. here's the thing. He looks like he has lost 30 to 40 pounds. What are you talking about? He, <laughs> he so looks the same. Now. He does not look like he's lost 30 to 40 I pounds. I think he does. <laughs> he lost a child's weight. This is what, like, this apparently... <laughs> shows how much more muscle weighs than any sort of water. Because I don't believe he had fat. I think maybe just water. Uh-huh. He's so trim now. Yeah. But apparently he gained weight? Like, Because he looks like he's lost weight. Yeah, that's why when you try to lose weight and you do it by lifting mu- like weights and stuff and gaining muscle, sometimes you end up briefly weighing more than you did before you start seeing the weight drop off because you you got to replace the fat with the muscle. That's what I think every time I lose weight, or I, I gain weight, I should say. Me too. I'm like, man, I've got so much muscles. It's from all the red wine, I bet. Do you guys want a, um, a bread club interlude? Yeah. Because we just got, like, literally in the last 30 minutes, the first bread club tweet since we last talked last wow. week. Oh, this is breaking news then. Yes. And it's and it kind of comments on the fact that he hasn't made a bread club tweet this week. <sighs> now this is of course Satoshi Kojima, the the president and CEO and founder of Bread Club. My favorite club. Hello to foreign wrestling fans. I am fine. I haven't talked about bread lately. Sorry. 
but I eat it every day. Apply a lot of butter. Butter gets fat, but butter is justice. Huh. Butter is justice for what? I don't know. There's no wrote, justice. There's and, just us. And then he, <laughs> and then he wrote Kojima, uh, quotation marks, bread and butter, Satoshi, and then um, an emoji for a loaf of bread and then a stick of butter. Huh. I did not have bread with butter this week. Okay. Me neither. But. I don't think I did either. I did get a baker's dozen of bagels yesterday. <laughs> Did you put butter on any of them? No, I got the garlic herb cream cheese with them. That's the way to go. Yeah, yeah. So I had to work yesterday on a Saturday. And uh, I decided if I was going to have to work on a Saturday, I was going to eat three fucking bagels (laughs) as part of that. It's winter in the Midwest. It's time to carb up. Bread did you eat this week, Megan? Well, I feel like I've had some sandwiches this week, so I had some and some avocado toast because I'm an old millennial, but still millennial by technical years. Your so avocado I guess, toast recipe sounds delicious. Yeah, I'm trying to ruin the economy with it, so don't worry. Doing God's work here. What does that mean? <laughs> it means millennials don't buy houses because they're too busy paying for their avocado toast. <laughs> Well, you've already bought a house, so you've done your part as a mom. True. I've so earned my avocado toast. Yeah, you bought, you bought two houses. That's right. It's true. <laughs> Look, not some, like not together. I'm not balling like that, um, listeners, but I did buy one house and then move and bought another house to yeah. live in. So, yes, I uh, I, think I have earned my have avocado toast. at the same time, though, didn't you, for a brief, short period of time? I did, but it wasn't like a fun vacation Longer house. Longer than she wanted to. <laughs> yeah, it was like... I had to move from Cleveland, and this house wasn't selling. So, you know, guys, the economy. The economy. economy. Uh, But currently, I'm only a one-house owner and uh, an avocado toast eater, so that's my bread. I was a one-house owner and one chateau owner. You got to make it happen. I know. Listeners, please subscribe to Peacock and check out Escape to the Chateau. This isn't the first time you've recommended it either. So if you haven't started watching yet, what are you doing? Exactly. It is like all I want to do is talk about Escape to the Chateau. We're going to have to have a spinoff pod. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, there are double digits of you who listen every week. So somebody should subscribe to Peacock. Please. It's free. It's a free service. It is the best show I have ever watched. We're not getting paid to advertise because why would they pay us? Right? <laughs> they should. They should. We're paying them. I don't think anybody is doing the uh, chateau hustle that Jenny's doing for this past few months. Yeah. They're not even on Instagram. I tried. I'll have to create my own escape to the chateau Instagram and hustle for them. Yeah. Maybe they'll even buy it from you. We'll see. Become we got to take these. The chateau influencer. Oh, God. I'm going to see if it's available. Okay. I don't actually well, know how to do that. You don't want to say it on air, Jenny, because then somebody could swoop in. So while you're looking, I want to tie this all back. I want to say that Bread Club interlude was a great way to talk about how butter is fat. And I guess 
Maybe that's what Cody was eating, bread and butter, to get those 14 pounds of muscles going. Didn't look but like it. I know. I think he was eating just lean protein, like chicken or ground turkey. Look, I'd like to believe you could get 14 pounds of muscles eating things I like. <laughs> so I, I'm going to stick that narrative in my head. <laughs> I was, it was funny because we were talking last week about um, the, the beaties coming up and how we were thinking like Dasha didn't really have much of a shot this year, but then she, you know, cause she hadn't been on dynamite lately, but then she popped up in this interview segment and I thought she'd be great. She asked good she, questions. She did. And you know, she got to stick around the whole time. It's not like somebody came flying in and scared her away. And she didn't present her question in a manner in which people thought that she was accusing Cody of um, steroid usage. No, she just asked, she asked, is there a goal in mind? for right. having gained those 14 pounds of muscle and again i will say he looks like he has lost 30 pounds so i think in reality he has gained 45 pounds of muscle okay i guess we could we could go with that regardless he says that the reason he gained the muscle is because it's time for him to move into the heavyweight category which I think it's not kind of a, a heavyweight category in this yeah, company. You're not. It's in like Japan. unofficial. You're yeah, not it, in New Japan. He did point out that most of the company is like a kind of middleweight zone, um, but yeah, I think he said light heavyweight, right? Yeah. So I'm assuming this means he wants to tussle with the big boys, like the ones he's already well, kind of fought. Like, which is funny because he said like I'm like the giant killer, and I'm like, no, John Moxley's the giant killer. Like he's the guy who's always taking on like the big guys. Yeah. Yeah, no one cares about you, Cody. I don't know if that's true. People care about your wife. <laughs> that's legitimately not true. You, but not anymore. <laughs> Cody, that neck tattoo has severed your ties with Jenny. It really has. Really was a bad choice. I think everyone else has kind of settled into it. We'll and it's never probably fine. You. Okay. We've so, heard yeah. there's, there's rumors that there might be a stipulation for his rematch with Orange next week. About someone has to get an act tattoo? No. <laughs> Why would that be the stipulation? I don't know, because we were talking about it and Andy brought it up. Okay. Did, it, just a spoiler, Andy, did they ever say what it was? They did, yeah. Okay. I guess I'll just go ahead and say it, because obviously you didn't make note of it. Well, I probably did like in the moment, but I'm not going to scroll down and look for that. Uh, they made a note of it. It, it is a uh, lumberjack match next week. Yes, okay. Well, uh, okay, I noted why that happened, so uh, we'll get to it. Okay. Uh, okay. Guys, lumberjack matches are the worst type of match to have in a pandemic. It's really just kind of moving the barriers one row back, if you think about it. I mean, people are flying in the wrestler crowd anyway. I'm not saying it's ideal, but it's not any worse than what they do now. I, I just, uh, okay, I don't want to get out of my COVID soapbox, but it's a bad idea, guys. All right, well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But first, we're going to get the video promo of Eddie Kingston's response to John Moxley earlier in the evening. He first puts over Pentagon, Phoenix, Butcher, and the Blade because he remembers his people. <laughs> and I guess if he went anywhere, he would take them with him. Which is what he seems to think is standard protocol. Um, he says yeah, where, every... Where are the people... Like, is, is he taking anybody with him or is everybody already there? 
I don't know, because I don't know the state of things uh, where he came from. Uh, did everybody come before him? I guess so, because it seems like he's in a place now that you could bring people, right? I, yeah, I mean, I think TK is pretty open to, to considering people. Yeah, so I guess I guess he's the last. Mm. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Maybe he's working behind the scenes, but for now, you know, he's taking care of his family that's around him already. And he admits that everything Moxley said about him was true, that he's become bitter, a snake, and a liar. But he says he's become that way because the ends justify the means. Look at him now. He's getting an AEW World Championship title match. So, obviously, that's the right way to go. That is the epitome of... <sighs> Rewarding Shitty. bad behavior. What's it called? Reinforcing. Reinforcing. Negative reinforcement. Yeah. Yeah. I was a real... I... I... This week... I handled a situation badly and immaturely by throwing a little tantrum, an adult tantrum, just a little one. And Andy went and got me flowers. And I told Andy that I didn't want to be negatively reinforced. (laughs) (laughs) But you kept the flowers, right? Of course. And I told him I understood what I did was wrong and I could have handled it in a better situation. In a better manner. Well, see, you weren't negatively reinforced because you you could look back at your behavior and identify the problem and you're going to grow from it. That's true. I, I feel like he just, Eddie Kingston's like, I'm just going to be a shit bag. That's going to take true. me right to the top. That's true. And I, I had that, I had that foresight, hindsight? Sure. Whatever it's called. Yeah. But then I had a, I had another bad reaction to not receiving my cheese. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> I got that text. <laughs> I should have known from there that this was going to be a boozy episode. Couldn't make, couldn't make a cheese plate today. But I'm drinking all my champagne. She did. Oh, Andy, not to rub salt in the wound, but she did tell me that she was drinking champagne. It's true. And Andy was on that text. You're Obviously, right. Yeah. It was a group text. I did not say this to Prout, though. For yeah, I, kn- I knew she reason. was drinking. I mean, I could see her. I knew she was drinking. <laughs> like, I didn't know what the bottle was. I could also see a very bitter, cheese-deprived Jenny, like, <laughs> hiding champagne in, like, a coffee cup or something. I mean, it was in my cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. <laughs> Let's get back to this first Eliminator title tournament match but all those words go to it go together but not in the order i just said them just you know what i'm talking about so this match is ray phoenix versus his brother penta l zero m and ray phoenix gets the win but we got to see a lot of like cool stuff from these two which i think everyone anticipated so we saw very cool stuff. This match ruled. This was one of the uh, better matches in the history of the Dynamite program. Is this Penta and Ray Phoenix? Yes. Loved this match. Yeah. This is a big part of why you liked the first hour of Dynamite yes. so much. Yes. I. This is the first time I've been like enthusiastic about Dynamite, been like wanting to watch Dynamite instead of going to bed. Uh, it was great. 
And uh, I, man, this, if either Ray Phoenix versus Pentagon or Ray Phoenix versus Nick Jackson happened every week, I'd be hooked on dynamite every week. (laughs) That's your drug of choice. Yeah, it is. Ray Phoenix did fancy, cool rope jumping before the match even started. Like, he had his entrance, and while he was waiting, I guess just for fun, he started jumping along the ropes, and I'm just like, that's confidence. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> you know, there was there was a spot in the match where there were probably about, like, I don't know, like, this went 14-21. They were probably, about like, eight or nine minutes in. And Phoenix brought Penta down from the top rope with a, with a like, flying head scissors, but he, like, kind of reversed it. Mm-hmm. And he slipped off a little bit, and he landed on his head. I was so worried about him. And there was one move afterwards where he took it really weird. And I was like, oh, he's, he's screwed. He's like, something like really bad happened. He's got a concussion. But then afterwards, and then like for the last five minutes of the match, he was fine. And it was just that one little rough spot. Um, and then he won the match with a Canadian destroyer. And it was great. Uh, and unfortunately... Uh, the day after the match, we learned that he is being replaced in the tournament no! by, by Pentagon. No! And Pentagon will wrestle Kenny no! on Wednesday uh, because Phoenix uh, did, in fact, get injured. No! Okay. I, was, I wasn't sure if it was real or not because the announcer said, like, Aubrey had indicated to the doctor on the sideline just to, like, be ready. and But then he didn't show up and they didn't pause or do anything so i was like oh well maybe this was like playing possum because he did seem fine after after like a minute that sucks i don't want to watch a pentagon kenny match maybe kenny will end it really quickly (laughs) because i don't really love pentagon matches well uh, I'm a little disappointed because I did want to see Kenny versus Phoenix. But... I'm so disappointed. And I ha- I've seen Kenny versus Pentagon before. It was great because they wrestled it all in. But uh, I, I, I've never seen Kenny versus Phoenix. So, but anyway, but you know, if, if you have to, you know, if you have to call an audible, this is you could do way worse than Kenny versus Pentagon. Yeah, and it makes sense if Phoenix has to be out of the show that you kind of default to. The other person in the match? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I guess... Like, it's kind of like giving them a buy? By, by strict rules, Kenny would just, like, advance with a buy. But um, if you want to, like, create a good TV show, then I guess you, you have them have a match with Pentagon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, we're, we're all about good TV over technicalities here. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know that I am. Well, so you'd just rather see Kenny advance with no match? Yes. Okay. Okay. I like to see a true, pure bracket. I don't want to see any of this, you know, Chad Johnson dating show bracket where he picks two girls from one side of the bracket and then the one girl who's never watched basketball or football in her life be like, I don't think that's how a bracket works. Now, here's my question, Jenny. So you and I picked Phoenix to advance in this tournament. We won. And Megan picked Pentagon. No, 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 no. From a strict champagne. No, 
Hold on, hold on, hold on. So Phoenix won the match. Yes, he did. But Pentagon's the one who's advancing. He's in the not tournament. advancing in the tournament. <laughs> Phoenix won the match. I am not conceding my champagne bet. Your bracket's already broken because this is the first round Wardlow won. So I don't know how technical you want to get. I'm not sending you champagne, Megan, for this. Ugh, okay. Well, send me it for some other reason. I, I'm not <laughs> discriminatory. <sighs> okay. Um, as a side note, Eddie Kingston was on the commentary for this match because uh, Penta and Phoenix are his boys. And I guess Phoenix is his best friend. No, Pentagon's his best friend. Was he? I thought he said Phoenix was when Phoenix was getting, like, destroyed. No, Pentagon's his best friend. Phoenix is just, like, you know. But he's not Pentagon's family. best friend because Pentagon's best friend is his brother. Just like Nick and Matt. Yep. <laughs> okay. You and Scott. Well, no, I'm not brother, brother <laughs> with Scott. Okay. Megan's I'm not my bro, best bro. Friend. It's like Megan <laughs> and Emily. Uh. <laughs> oh, that makes me sad. That's probably true. <laughs> Look, I'm not gonna get into my bracket of friends here. <laughs> um, speaking of friends, the best friend. We're gonna friends, launch a Patreon. That would be a fun feature. Oh God, <laughs> how to make Jenny cry in ten steps or less? Okay. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, the next segment. Moving on is um, a brief video package of the best friends' various rivalries recently. Uh, they did have the issues with Santana and Ortiz, obviously, because of, you know, Suzanne. Now, Kip's, like, favorite arcade thing, the ALN, which is apparently Arcade Logistics Network, which I Alan. think he just made up. Yeah, Alan, um, he's pissed about. So that's, the best friends are like, we don't care. So, uh, well, and they their, point their out point, their point was that like Sue's van was destroyed on purpose. This happened on accident. Yeah, the I think Miro and Kip should be going after FTR, mm-hmm. but they're not. FTR busy. They are busy. So yeah, the best friends are the target for this this rage about Alan. We'll see how that goes. Um, that was a quick video, though. Then we go backstage, where Alex Marvez is interviewing Colt, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. Because all of these Dark Order members have a match tonight. Um, Reynolds and Silver are going to be in the main event with the chance to get a shot at the AEW World Tag Team Championships. They're hyped. I think John Silver has been just mainlining monster energy drinks and colt's not as hyped i mean he's hyped but not like out of his mind hyped um but he says he feels no pressure because he knows he's going to get that shot at the aw world championship he's confident they're feeling good and then john silver's like he goes off on a tirade and says we're going to get the tag team championships colt's going to get the world uh, AEW World Championship. Brody's gonna get back that TNT Championship, and even like no matter who wins at the match next week between Cody and Orange, we're gonna be there. We're gonna beat them up. We're gonna take that title, and Brody's gonna get it back. And so this is what prompts the lumberjack match stipulation because if the Dark Order are proclaiming that they're gonna cause trouble anyway, might as well have other people around the ring. 
Yeah, um, I this was interesting because it was like it was like the first time we've really seen BTE uh, John Silver on Dynamite. Yeah, little muscle pervert. Yeah, what'd you think of that? <laughs> I thought it was. I was fine with it because I'm already like primed to see him that way. It's probably definitely more jarring for people who don't watch BT and see him speak because I think the only stuff he does on Dynamite is carry around the he did carry around the TNT belt for Mr. Brody and I don't think he got to talk up until now. Well, I mean, he talks to Brody, but, but he's not... never done a promo on Dynamite. Oh, on Dynamite, yeah, yeah. 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 No, this was probably his first time he's spoken on Dynamite. But, uh, you know, if you pair this with, like, that little comeback he had in the tag team match in the main event, I think he was almost, like, one of the stars of Dynamite. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Maybe the BTE popularity has prompted them to try to highlight him and Reynolds a little more. Yeah. I love, you know, highlight the clean beavers. (laughs) Yes. Good policy. So yeah, um, that's why you're getting your uh, lumberjack match, though, Jenny. So John Silver did that to you. Well, okay, I can't support him. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, from there, we go to Colt Cabana's match. He is facing Adam Page in another first round eliminator tournament match. Um, Adam gets the win with a buckshot lariat, but. He only is able to do the buckshot lariat by doing a fake one first because Colt has him scouted. So it took a little bit of effort on his part. Um, and Adam Page, he was hefting Colt around. Colt's a big boy, so Adam kudos Page to Adam. Is a strong boy. He really, he really is. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I thought this was like pretty decent. Um, I didn't love it, but I thought it was good. And I really, but I did really like the finish where they were kind of going in and out of the teases and attempts of the buckshot. Yes. And Colt teased both the, um, was it the Skyline? City Skyline, yeah. Yeah. And then Adam got out of that, and then Colt did get him in the Superman, but Adam kicked out of that. So yeah. he got to he, do both of his cool moves. he set it up with the Chicago Skyline, so there's nothing to, you know. Yeah. To hold he, Adam down. He didn't get his, like, energy meter down far enough. No he tried the pin so yeah um in a weird twist after colt's defeated Stu grayson evil uno is there for the whole match like on the stage but Stu grayson five and maybe ten come out to join uno and then they look like they're maybe going to do something to adam but instead they very gently and friendly pick up colt and help him to the back yeah, I don't know when they became sensitive, but good for them. They're working on their group dynamics, maybe. Mm. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Adam's Chiron said, entered the tournament via a series of drunken voicemails. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So good for Adam advancing. Uh, we get a really super brief video of Sammy. He's got a stalker wall dedicated to Matt Hardy and um, that's pretty messed up and he just reiterates this is not over until I send you home for good 
Yes, and they will be competing against each other at Full Gear in the Elite Deletion, which, to my understanding, will be a cinematic match at the Hardy Compound in uh, North Carolina. Hopefully no one will actually die. I would think no one will actually die because they're going to pre-tape it. Yeah, if anybody gets a concussion, they can take the time necessary to stop and work on it later. That's good to know, though. Yeah. Um, all right, after that, we go back to the ring. Team Taz is out there. Uh, Taz, for some reason, is wearing a jacket in 90-degree heat. <laughs> he looks like he's ready for snow. Sorry, that was my first bullet point, because I always have to talk about his appearance. <laughs> Taz says he's mad that Will Hobbs has not yet answered his invitation to join Team Taz. And, you know, that's disrespectful. So answer, Will. He moves on to say that TK has told him that if, was it Starks had been victorious over Darby Allen the other week, it would have been him who would have gotten the opportunity to face Cody for the TNT championship, which really pissed off Ricky Starks because he gets on the mic and says he's consistently proven himself and his worth, but he's been passed over and now somebody has to pay. And he knows TK is not going to pay, so it has to be Darby. I was just thinking, like, would have been been nice for you to tell us those stakes in advance. Well, you know, then you wouldn't be able to, like, retcon. Yeah, I guess that's true. So tell us too much. You don't leave enough room for for screwing with the narrative later. Gotta leave some wiggle room in there. So Starks is pissed, and that's fine because, you know, he and Darby have had some, some good matches. Um, from there, guys, let dinner debonair occurs. Oh. <laughs> Jenny's, okay, I, I'm excited to hear both of your responses, but let me just set it up. MJF and Chris Jericho are seated across from one another at a very fake restaurant, as you both <laughs> predicted, and they get into this weird pissing contest where MJF orders a 20-ounce porterhouse steak baked potato on the side and he orders the steak well done which i feel like you shouldn't do to a steak but okay some people like that you should jericho, always do that to ground beef though well they're getting a porterhouse steak well no i agree steak should never be well done but for for ground beef it should be i don't know about hamburgers though but but it's it's I like a good medium processor. I like my steak medium. I like my burger either well done or medium well. Okay. Well, okay. The point is that this becomes a like contest of chicken where they each keep going lower and lower on their level of doneness and it ends when Jericho gets to blue which is basically like fresh off the cow not cooked (laughs) it's disgusting yeah i i can't i cannot deal with that so that's how they start this out and then jericho goes on to say there's going to be a town hall next week and this is confirmed later in the show where the inner circle are going to get the man on the street's opinion about whether mjf should join them or not and mjf's been so rude to everyone that he doesn't really think 
Like, Jericho doesn't think that's been helping his case, so maybe he should chill out. He can't even get the waitress's name right, which, that's super rude, guys, to everyone. Velma. Yeah. Jericho made a point to say it's Velma with a V, and MJF refused to say it correctly. Um, They have a bonding moment quickly where they insult Orange Cassidy, and then things turn musical. It's like a Buffy episode. (laughs) One Buffy episode? No, there are so many Buffy episodes that are musical. Buffy, the TV show that's actually a musical. Uh, Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Once a season, there were musical Buffy's. One time in seven season, there was a musical Buffy. I have seen that musical Buffy more than once. That's fine. But that but doesn't I think mean it was that a different... It's the same episode, Jeffy. <laughs> You're just seeing it again. So, does that mean, Jenny, that you didn't love it? I didn't love it. I love that Kiko was back for a second appearance in One Dynamite. Yeah, her and a handful of other Jacksonville cheerleaders. Yeah, who cares about it- well, they, you know, they were providing the dancing behind Jericho and MJF, who were providing the lyrics. And um, I don't, Andy, what do you think? Let's not worry about what I think at the, right at the top. Let's 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 think about what friend of the show Justin Shapiro thinks about. Oh my gosh, Ladenier Debonair. Because I asked him after I watched it, I said, I said. Important question. Was Ladenier Debonair good? I'm having major comprehension issues. Justin responded, it took my breath away. He said, they must have practiced and planned so much. I am sitting here just dumbfounded. I have not been this, um, this reached emotionally since, well, the Festival of Friendship, which is a uh, famous Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho segment from Raw. There was the time Becky invaded Raw and killed Ronda Rousey while she was on Dream Street, but that was just gripping wrestling violence and coolness. <laughs> what happened tonight has touched my soul. What? Yeah. Like, and, but did it touch his soul in a good way or in a bad way? And then on Twitter he wrote, I thought I'd seen everything possible in professional wrestling and there was no pressing need for it to exist anymore. <laughs> I was mistaken. So he's pro. So he's pro. Huh. He's pro Le Dinner Debonair. Huh. <laughs> um, I am also pro Le Dinner Debonair. I thought it was... Because, so, I was able to contextualize it after a while. Because at first I was just like, why is this happening? But then I realized, if there were ever two arrogant jackasses who would plan out a musical number to, like put on as a, like a skit on the wrestling show it would be Chris Jericho and MJF. So I can buy that they did this. Well yeah I mean I don't <laughs> not buy that they did this I'm just not saying it was good Well I think it was very good Megan what are your thoughts? I uh my gut initial reaction was confusion <laughs> It's okay. I will say this. I am not a musical person. 
I don't like watching musicals or movies that are musicals. Um, I don't love when my favorite television shows dip into a musical episode. Buffy aside, I enjoyed that one. But most of the time, I'm like, what are you doing? This is not Ugh, what I'm here for. So I was like, your mother this did, is like, weird. Whole... This is weird. Where they sang? Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of where I landed on, this is weird. And I like Andy's explanation because it does make sense. Like, of course, these fucking guys. But also, like, what am I watching? What show is this? The musical episodes on any show really just take me out of it. So that's where I'm at. Kind of just still processing. Gigi, while you were out. Yeah? I don't remember the rest of the words. Okay. Gigi! <laughs> All right. Um, I do have a couple of notes on the production of the segment from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Uh, so this was, they did uh, My Shadow and Me, which is a 1927 song, but most famously performed by Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. as a kind of a Rat Pack anthem. Okay. And they, so MJF was watching Rocket Man last week or maybe a couple weeks ago, and he came up with this idea. He was, like, doing a musical number. And he wanted to do an Elton John number, but... Couldn't get the rights. They quickly realized that it would be impossible to get the rights to... I mean, plus Rocket Man's a pretty great movie. It is, but it's a lot easier to get the rights to something from 1927 that is probably out of copyright than it is to an Elton John well, song. Well, of course, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, the, the money. The money required. Yeah. yeah. If you're Andy, you wouldn't know what half of the Elton John songs are because you're not a true fan. Correct. Who doesn't so, know Honky Cat? Me. I didn't know Honky Cat until I saw uh, <laughs> Rocket Man. That's true. Okay. So, um, and then Jericho noted that they were filming the segment until 2 a.m. the night before and that the edit actually didn't finish until 22 minutes before the segment aired. Whoa, what were they... I don't know. What? It was, it was a photo finish, though. Did he say how many takes it was? He did not say how many takes it was. Okay. I'm actually kind of surprised MJF's the one who proposed it. I figured Jericho, as the musical band man, would have well, said I, this. I don't know if you noticed, Megan, but like I thought of the two of them, MJF was the better singer. Yeah. I kind of just assumed his vocals were adjusted and Jericho insisted probably his weren't because he's uh, a band person yeah, I thought the same thing Megan but that's not true apparently MJF is like a trained singer oh wow yeah I was like oh MJF was dubbed yeah Jenny that's exactly Jericho, what I thought I was like, oh Jericho wouldn't allow himself to be dubbed yeah wow good good for MJF I'm very surprised uh, yeah so this was a big, like, crossover kind of viral sensation this week, which is, you know, that's the kind of thing that I think that that's what you do this kind of segment for, hoping hoping that non-usual outlets will pick it up, so. Do you I think WWE is going to results like... in anyone watching Dynamite or not, but, I mean, it got people talking about it that night. 
Like, are we going to get like a Seth Rollins musical moment? I mean, I, maybe we'll see. I mean, Raw's not until tomorrow night, so. Oh, I hope they bite it and then try to claim like, no, we just happened to feel musical this week. It's weird. <laughs> but I was I was a big fan of Ladenner Debonair in retrospect. I I'm really happy to hear the trivia. That makes me like it a little more. I still think it's I'm confused about why it was on a wrestling show. You know, all of your ob- like very good observations and reasons aside, I just my brain cannot compute. It it was not what I was expecting that segment to be at all. Sure. And the other thing we learned is is that next week on Dynamite we are going to have a town hall meeting with the inner circle where uh, they're going to get the man on the street opinion of whether or not MJF should join the inner circle. Do you think they're going to do like audience voting? I don't know what they're going to do. That'd be interesting. Like, put a, like a, put a Twitter poll out. <laughs> yeah. Because who's the man on the street in their arena? I don't know. They're very far away up in the rafters at this point. It's true. All right. Well, that was that. Uh, next up, following that, we got Britt Baker's return. She had a match against Killin King. And I assumed it was going to be a squash match, but it actually went longer than I would have expected a squash match to go. But Britt did get the win with the lockjaw. And she had um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, all pink gear, and the glove she used for the lockjaw, pink. I'm glad she's using the glove. I don't think she'd be allowed to do it without. You would hope not. I would. I really would. I really, um, I liked this. I, I really, I really enjoy, um, Britt Baker since she's been back in the ring. Everything she does looks really, like, snug and crisp. And I, I don't know. I just, also, she's like, she's tan as hell, which I think is good. I hope it's fake because, man, do not expose your skin to that much sun. She's a doctor, so I hope it's fake. Like, she would know the consequences of real tanning. Yeah. Of course. Do you think that Dustin has been working with her? As far as, like, I hear he's training the women now. I don't know. I I really don't, because especially with COVID, I don't know, like, how much he's been around or, you know, what's... You know, because he hasn't been on TV lately, so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, good for her. She's coming back. Um, I love her heel work, so. Hopefully we get to see more of that. Before we get to the main event, we have a brief video interstitial with Darby hanging out with Steve-O at his skate park. <laughs> And uh, Dar- Darby has this body bag with face of TNT spray painted on it. And he says, like, I'm going to show you how much I want this. And Steve-O's like, this dude's crazy. Which, coming from Steve-O, is, you, that's bad, I think. Uh, but yeah, Darby gets up on the top of a very tall, very steep ramp for skateboarding. Oh, 
Half pipe, yes. Good. You know the lingo. Mm-hmm. And he gets in the body bag and he just like rolls down. And it probably was not a comfortable roll, but he looked happy when he got out of the bag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about this segment. I, I, Last time he's been in I a don't body either. bag. I don't, I don't either, Megan. I, I, didn't, I didn't really have to make it this. I was happy to see Steve-O for a second. Yeah, he looked like he's he's doing okay for himself, but like, okay, Darby, are you bored? Uh, I don't know. But after that, we have the main event. And this is a big, big old tag match, Jenny. There's only eight men, so they're below the, the ten you have as a threshold. But it's Butchering the Blade. What? No, private... I thought Sean was two. I thought you said for tag team matches it was like... Ten. No, it's oh. two tag teams. Well, so this four is four people. This is double that. Ooh, yeah. Sorry. Okay, it so it's felt double that. <laughs> it's Butcher and the Blade, Private Party, uh, Silver and Reynolds, and the Young Bucks. And Jenny, even though you you say that, like, I do feel like this match. It was nice because you knew the Young Bucks were gonna win, but it seemed like everybody got a decent amount of TV time. For being in the match. Yeah, they did. But there were so many people in the ring that they didn't even notice that a concussed, unconscious man was in the middle of the ring for three minutes. Neither did Megan. Yeah, apparently not. (laughs) (laughs) Look, guys, I'm going to admit, like, I may have been looking at my phone sometimes, okay? (laughs) So when Private Party hit their like double team their double man uh off the top rope move onto alex reynolds isaiah cassidy landed with his ass on alex reynolds head and <gasps> knocked him unconscious oh my god okay i and think so I... alex reynolds just laid there and eventually the blade dragged him by the arm over to the corner and tagged himself in but then Alex Reynolds just kept laying there. Yeah, no one got him out of the ring. Eventually he got back up and took a couple of moves from but Nick he Jackson. Stumbled. But he was stumbling around, and Nick Jackson gave him the most gentle bulldog in the history of wrestling because I think he finally realized what was up. But uh, yeah, poor Alex Reynolds. It was not not I'm I'm not too impressed with old Doc Sampson uh, over the past no. couple of months. Doc Sampson sucks. Yeah. Okay, so I saw bits and pieces of this and didn't put together the story in my head clearly uh i did see like isaiah Cassidy land on alex reynolds head and i think i may have looked away at that point because i did also see the blade drag him over but it did not click for me that he was unconscious and that's on me because it was probably very clear but yeah um doc samson the blade did your work for you he got him over to the side why didn't you come over right to check him out and i saw i also noticed nick like you said, this the softest bulldog in wrestling history. Because I did notice Reynolds stumbling around a little. Oh, I'm I'm sorry I missed your. <laughs> I missed that Alex Reynolds. I'm sorry I missed that for you. Yeah, it's okay. I thought the match was like really fun. Actually, I mean, aside from that, that that, that part was sad. But we got a really great little like come back from John Silver where he just went crazy on the floor and like, beat the shit out of everybody and uh, and we got a finish that was a callback to the second ever episode of Dynamite where 
they went for the Bucks went for the Melcher driver. Isaiah Cassidy rolled up Matt Jackson, but instead of getting pinned like he did back then, he rolled through and pinned Isaiah Cassidy this time. Yeah. And so we've got a, uh, a big tag team title match for the pay-per-view with uh, FTR versus the Young Bucks. And I liked that uh, Dax Harwood, because the FTR was at the announcement position, I liked right after the pin happened, it cut back to them, and he, and he said, he just kind of nodded and said, it's time. <laughs> Now, do you think the Bucks are going to win the championships, or do you think they're going to lose this and then get a rematch at the next pay-per-view and then win them? That's a good question. Because I think it's a little too soon. To beat FTR? Well, for FTR, for the tag teams to change hands, but I also think that the Bucks need the tag team titles if they're going to have, you know, the qualifications. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh... I am going to I'm going to plead the fifth on that. I will not make my prediction until we make predictions for the pay-per-view because I want to see what they do for the next two weeks first okay. before I predict the winner. I'm with you, Jenny. It feels too soon. I'm not predicting the winner by saying that, but I do think FTR just got those titles and they've been doing good things with them and did be, I don't know, kind of a shame. To lose that? Yep. Um, unrelated to the match, the bunny is back with her boys. Yep. That happened on Dark. She made poor QT Marshall cry, but I just wanted to, to bring I mean, that up. She, her husband is the Blade? Yes. Yes. The Reynolds Dragger. <laughs> oh. Let's refer to him as that for the rest of his life. <laughs> the Reynolds dragger. No, that was just a side thing. Um, but it it was a fun match, aside from Doc Sampson's lack of being a doctor. Um, and as Jenny said, FTR... No, sorry, as Andy said, FTR were on the commentary, and they spent the whole match snarking about every little incorrect tag thing that each team did which was pretty funny i mean were there even tag ropes <laughs> they demand them but yeah they were a little bitchy about that which i want somebody to get on commentary and be like hey guys when you go to the top rope that's like a flip it is FTR. you're right yeah. megan thank you that's my snark at them but they don't they care what I think. about flips. Mm-hmm. But they do top rope work. They do splashes. That's like, That's you're, like you're getting off your feet. But anyway, after the match, since FTR were there, they picked with their belts, and they also had beers with them, and they went out to the ring to offer the beers to the Young Bucks, who don't drink. But I guess it's like more the thought that counts. And the Young Bucks slap the beers out of their hands. And they're going to start some shit. But then, like, this timekeeper jumps into the ring and gets the jump on the Bucks. And, uh, FTR. He was, he was pretty, like, 
He seemed he was pretty he's a pretty timid moving timekeeper, I have to say. He was. At first I was like, is that has FTR recruited like a wrestler? And then I saw like his arms and I'm like, no, that's an old man. Yeah. That that there's Tully. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, he's got a mask on, so you're not supposed to know it's Tully. But F- this gives FTR the advantage, and they eventually end up putting Matt's leg in a folding chair and then jumping from the top rope onto it, in theory breaking his leg. And then Tully reveals himself, and it's like, ha-ha, gotcha, bitches. Yeah. Um, I was I was pretty happy with it. I, like, there were people online, like, uh, like the other podcasts I listened to this week, um, we're like, why was Tully wearing a mask? That was making sense. Like, obviously, Tully would be the man who would help the FTR. But, like, the point of Tully wearing a mask was he was pretending to be the timekeeper. Yeah. So it made sense that he was wearing the mask. So I, I, I guess these people were not paying uh, close enough attention, I will say. Yeah. Like, fuck off. I was kind of, like, excited at the prospect of maybe getting another person in the Tully stable, but I knew it wasn't Sean Spears because... Dude wasn't jacked enough. Right, yeah. Um, one thing that happened that was unrelated to the match, but is related to ongoing events, is Sammy started attacking Matt Hardy in the crowd. So, just, that's a thing. Yes, yeah. That's, yeah, that just kind of ties into their cinematic match, the Elite Deletion. The Elition. Yeah. That was our show. Jenny loved it. I think that says something. Yep, I do too. <laughs> well, let's see what it said for the ratings. This is from Post Wrestling, John Pollock. AEW Dynamite took a hit in its viewership on Wednesday. Going Damn into, it! Going to its Game 2 of the World Series and a big night of cable news programming. Well, oh. NXT finished outside the top 50 cable programs. Dynamite fell 9% in viewership with 753,000 viewers on TNT and stayed even with a .30 rating in the 18-49 demographic, finishing 13th among cable programming. AEW's drop in cable rankings was entirely based on the cable news programs that represent 11 of the 12 programs that topped AEW, except for The Real Housewives of Orange County. <laughs> Fuck you, Can always count on them. <laughs> NXT finished 56 for the evening with a .16 in the demo and 644,000 viewers on the USA Network. Uh, Yeah, so I I just think... I think that AEW should really hope, and NXT, AEW and NXT should really both hope for a Joe Biden victory without much controversy. Because I think once we get past the election period... Cable news is gonna like settle down a lot, yeah. and uh, and there's there's not gonna be all these like all these like high ratings for like just random ass shows on Fox News and MSNBC. God, you hope not. Yeah, looking forward to not thinking about the president of the United States for like you know days and maybe weeks at a time. Everyone, please vote. Everyone, please vote. We've already voted. Everyone on this podcast has already voted, right, Megan? Yeah, I was sad I didn't get a sticker for dropping my ballot off. Oh, we got stickers. Uh, the, like, ballot place I had to go to was such a zoo that, like, literally, it was like a drive-thru where you just pop the ballot in and they just, like, move you along, move along. 
So that's what we did too. But when we we I guess we handed ours to someone who then put them in the box, but they gave us a sticker when we handed them to them. I I was not given a sticker. I did vote. I don't have a sticker to prove it, but I did. It's important you vote too because if Joe Biden wins, then Andrew Yang's going to clean up this WWE bullshit. That's true. We should talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I actually was going to ask cuz I was thinking about this um the other day. Like what's the news on all of this uh WWE uh stealing money from their performers? <laughs> I mean, there's no there's no new like there's no new no real news on it at this point. But Megan, do you want to talk about uh what you heard from the Jericho podcast? Yeah, um, the episode, the most recent one, was with Andrew Yang, and he talked about how he's a huge wrestling fan in addition to being like a politician, and he thinks it's a travesty that the WWE is basically stealing money from their performers in the way that they they don't provide, you know, health insurance. Obviously, they don't provide hotels or cars everybody's on their own they also um are now like not are now but he pointed out to jericho that you know jericho you were in a movie for like 10 seconds one time and you get residuals from it but how many matches do you have on the network and what are you making from it and jericho's like yep nothing so (laughs) andrew uh yang pointed out a lot of opportunities where wwe is already basically treating their stars like shit um and in an illegal manner so that's you know (laughs) yeah they make a lot of money off the backs of their workers who they refuse to classify as workers which is technically a crime but nobody has any interest in it apparently and has looked into it um also it probably doesn't hurt that vince is tight buds with current president Donald Trump so yeah um Chris also kind of gave the the contrast of how AEW handles stuff because apparently and um I don't think I know I didn't know it and Andy Andy said he didn't know it but AEW basically is treated like a football team so when they were traveling like AEW would handle coordinating the hotels um like Jericho implied yeah like cars and buses like basically transportation was taken care of so they just kind of i'm assuming tony khan just assumed this is the right way to do it because he also has a football team and that's how they do it so it's like i mean that makes sense i mean i've traveled a lot for my various companies over the years and yes i'm an employee versus an independent contractor but i've never had to pay for my own travel i've had to book it but either on a company card or getting reimbursed. Yeah. Yeah. In WWE, and... it's basically, Jericho said it's basically like, you get your plane ticket, like, they, the company gives you your plane ticket, or, like, they provide you your plane ticket, and then you just kind of have to figure out the rest from there. But, like, are you supposed to sleep in your non-car? Are you supposed to sleep on the street? If like... you want to. If you want to save money, you can. But... That's, your, that's an option. Wow. Or you can find your own hotels and do all that price searching and stuff up with another wrestler and split a hotel room but that's still expensive yeah yeah and um i don't know if you listen to leva bates on unrestricted but i haven't yet it sounds like um 
like she is apparently brandy's right hand lady she does all this like project management stuff for her and she didn't say it directly but she kind of offhand mentioned that she coordinates like makeup and getting gear for people and that sort of thing so that made me wonder like does aew pay for gear because it's kind of like uniforms if so that'd be awesome i think so i don't know this for sure but i have read some things that make me think that maybe they are giving especially like wrestlers who wrestle on dark a stipend to improve their gear oh that's cool well because and that I've makes sense that people like like after they've been on dark for a while they'll just like have better gear suddenly i just i've always been confused by that because um like in total diva sandra was a big character yeah and, and she works for aew right right which i know that so i just assumed that aew was like paying for supplementing the gear or not AEW but WWE was back mm-hmm. in the day but is Sandra just fixing gear like what is Sandra doing what is her job she's a seamstress right but if they're not paying for any gear what is she seamstring I don't know I mean I think she was like I think I think she was doing things but I mean there was also an episode where like Trinity clearly hired her like like independently to do well, extra stuff for her. Yeah, so. yeah. She clearly did that, and there were, there were other clear scenes where um, Ariana like went to another company and like got the gear order. Like there were multiple, and not just that. There were other ones where like people had ordered their gear online and like things weren't coming in on time and things like that. Yeah. So like, what on earth is the seamstress doing there? Maybe she's there for, like, emergency fixes or, like, last-minute stitch-ups because Sandra herself could not generate gear for the entire roster. That would be so much work. I I guess I assumed there were many seamstresses there. I don't think that's the case. So then it must just be emergency. Yeah. Yeah, like, I would assume day of show, like, oh, no, Sandra, this doesn't fit exactly as I needed to. Can you just take it in a little? Versus, like, can you create a whole outfit for me? So I've got a quote from Andrew Yang uh, from that episode. Um, he said, if we win, uh, which, by which he means the Democratic Party in the presidential election, I'm going to be in a position where I can call up the Secretary of Labor, or in this case, it's the National Labor Relations Board, and then bring damages, bring suit against WWE and say, hey, I think you're misclassifying your employees here, and the damages will be really significant. So that is more or less the plan. We may need to have some brave performer or ex-performer come forward and say, look, here are the practices. And I have been contacted by folks who are like, look, I believe in this, and I'm at a point in my career where they can't really do anything to me anyway, so let's have at this. Because customarily, for a National Labor Board's action, it typically has to be an employee that initiates, so this is one of the trickier elements of this, Chris, but I'm very confident we can get there because there are a lot of people that recognize this is wrong, and it's been going on for far too long. Yeah. Well, I, I will say that my my company um, is very careful about um, classifying people as independent contractors. Like, there are very clear sets of rules that, mm-hmm. in the law, that you have to abide by, and very, like, cautious of, like, well, we can't, you know, go outside of any of these bounds for any of our the independent contractors that we employ. So there's an interesting note uh, kind of adjacent to this in this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter. And uh, 
this is what it is. Uh, in something that affects WWE, particularly with Andrew Yang talking about addressing the independent contractor issue if Joe Biden wins the election, is that the New York Times noted that the Trump administration, knowing there is a chance they could lose, is scrambling to put in last-minute regulatory changes to benefit his friends and donors. Oh, my God. One of those which stood out was attempting to change how one classifies employees and independent contractors with new guidelines to benefit his donors. It's not just the McMahons, but obviously they are one of them. The key line is that uh, from the article is that few of the planned shifts have drawn more scrutiny and criticism than a Labor Department proposal to set federal standards for defining when a worker is an independent contractor or an employee, a step that could affect millions of workers. Oh my god. So he's going to yeah. fuck over all of America to help one millionaire. Yeah, that's his whole presidency. He's like, I, I don't understand. Well, no, to, uh, to fuck over, to, to, to help many millionaires. Like, but, yeah. like, one specific. No, no, like, the point, this isn't just a Vince McMahon. This is, like, any, you know, this is... This will help despicable. companies hire in, yeah. or be more strict with their contractors while still denying them things like benefits and, um, you know, yeah. other stuff employees get. Employee protections, basically. That's such bullshit. Such bullshit. I hope that enough, there are enough reasonable people in government, like, to no. get rid of this. I know, I know. <laughs> but, like, come on. Like, that's such an overstep. Uh, and I and can't see so California. Yeah, the thing is, like, I don't know how much states can, like, override things like that, but California is notoriously very pro-worker as far as, like, that stuff's concerned. So on top of, like, federal labor laws, California takes it a couple steps further in most areas to the benefit of the contractor or employee. So, like, I can't see them happy about this. I don't know. What a dick. Like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah we'll see. I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah, like, even even if he loses, like, he's got, he's got what, more than two months to just, like, royally fuck things right. up. So, we'll, we'll see. We'll just, you know. So, once we get this asshole out of office, we need to go after every despicable Republican who spinelessly supported him and his misogyny and his just corruption. It's... Just get them all fucking out of office. Here, here. All right. I Especially can't... Mitch we'll McConnell, go, guys. Yeah, get Mitch. Uh, Mitch, can... get hit. That's not hitched. Is married. That that did not rhyme. Mitch, <laughs> get. Mitch, get hitched. We Mitch, hope you get married. Get fucked, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I can't think of a better way to close out this week's episode. Thank you to Jenny. Thank you to Megan. I'm Andy. And you've been listening to the Elite Beat. E, Elite Beat. E, E, Elite Beat. <laughs>